0: And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Today's episode is sponsored by Julie and Tinder. Hi, besties. Welcome to or welcome back to Try Not To Care. If you're new here, hello. My name is Ashley. I'm so happy to have you here. Before we get into today's episode, I'm so excited that I can finally share this with you. I posted about it briefly on my Instagram, but Trying Not To Care's first March launch drops on June 1st. You can learn all about it on my Instagram The hoodie is so cute. The front says, try not to care. And then on the back, it says, sorry for caring so much. Very on brand, very on brand for why I started this podcast. I love it so much. And I'm so excited for you to love it too. Also, if you purchase a hoodie, you're automatically entered into a giveaway to win my favorite self-care products, a gratitude journal, a digital camera, and so much more. So make sure to check that out. They're limited edition, super exclusive, and I don't want you guys to miss the drop. But anyways, we are at the end of May. This month has been amazing, but it's been a slow month. I took a lot of care of myself, a lot of self-care. Um, I did a little here and there socializing with people that are super special to me. We hit 3 million downloads on Trying Not To Care. And I saw Taylor Swift this weekend. It was amazing. This month has been amazing. But I'm so excited for June. I can already feel that June is going to be so amazing. But before we get into June, we are back with the advice sessions. If you're new here, I try to have the last Monday of every month be a Q&A where I give you advice. And today, we're going to be focusing on navigating your 20s. I think one of the biggest things that a lot of us struggle with in our 20s is this imaginary timeline that we're pushed to have. And we're fed this narrative that we are to grow up and be this one universal thing, which is an adult who works, gets married, has kids, the end. I remember being in kindergarten and writing about what my dream job is And you could argue that it's not that serious, but why are you asking a child who doesn't even know how to count what they want to do for work? Why as a child am I supposed to dream of working? I remember filling out a paper when I was in second grade talking about where I thought I would be in 20 years. And of course, me and all my peers wrote about having kids and being married and working that dream job that I apparently was supposed to have at the age of six years old. I have an entire episode on navigating your 20s where I talk more about this, but the first question or first two questions because they kind of go hand in hand that I want to answer is how to not feel like you're running out of time, how to lose the whole mentality that things have to be done at a certain time or age. This is something that I'm always working on. I have moments where I feel super confident about what I'm doing and where I am in life and then moments of self-doubt and i'm like oh my god am i wasting my time am i doing the wrong thing am i falling behind am i further behind than people my age am i a failure am i wrong to not want to have kids in the next five years am i wrong for not wanting to buy a house am i wrong for not having a conventional job if you're familiar with me and you listen to this podcast you know that i did go to college i got a degree um, I quit my job at 24 years old. I am someone who didn't want to go to college. I can acknowledge the privilege that I had to be able to go, but I wasn't someone who wanted to. The reason I did though is because I thought going to college would make others happy and would people would respect me more. I thought it was the right thing to do even though it wasn't what I wanted to do. Even when I got my job after college, again, it wasn't something that I wanted to do, but I thought it was something that made sense for a 20-something that had just graduated college. There's all of these expectations of what you should be doing and when you should be doing it. I think a lot of our parents pushed this narrative on us because they were pushed or fed that narrative too, and the reason they were given these expectations and why they were pushed onto them is because that's what their parents did to them. And that's all their parents knew. And of course, parents want you to do the best that you can do. But sometimes that's not always the right thing. I think as time and things progress, we're starting to realize that that timeline that our parents had and what our parents did is not applicable now. Times are different and that's not a bad thing. In order for things to evolve, things need to change. You can't expect everyone at 20 years old to give up their life to have a baby. You can't expect everyone to meet their life partner freshly out of high school. You can't expect someone who still watches Disney Channel to know what career they want and have them stick with that for the rest of their life. I partially think it's resentment too. The generations above us are becoming aware that the way they lived, is not doable for a lot of people. I think they're envious of us in a sense that they didn't feel allowed to explore their 20s as much as our generation is. They weren't given the support that a lot of us have. I mean, a lot of our generation's parents have split up or divorced. And I would say a lot of that has to do with rushing into marriage and having kids and not exploring their options or not experiencing their lives to the fullest. It's really hard to build any type of relationship and have it last when both of you aren't happy. So I think as the older generations realize this, unfortunately, instead of encouraging us and supporting the idea that things can change and change for the better, a lot of those people are shaming us out of anger and jealousy, which is a shame because you're blaming the wrong people. I've heard so much of the older generation saying that our generation is lazy and we're hard to work with and we're narcissists. And it's like, are we or are we just not interested in entertaining that narrative that we're supposed to be one certain thing for others to capitalize off? Like, why do you care if I go to college? Why do you care if I get a good job? Why do you care if I have children? Why do you care what I'm doing unless it benefits you? Am I a narcissist? Or am I deeply interested in taking care of myself? If spending time doing what I love makes me a narcissist, then I am the biggest narcissist to ever exist. Am I selfish for being aware that right now with my current circumstance, I cannot have a child knowing that I'm struggling to take care of myself and that if I were to bring a child into that equation, that they deserve way more than that? They deserve way more than I could give them. If that makes me selfish, then fuck it. I'm so selfish. The only reason there's a generalized timeline of what you should be doing during your 20s is to make others feel more comfortable. Everyone wants to feel like they're doing good, but there are some people that want to make sure that they're doing good and feeling good way more than others are. The need for a timeline, in my opinion, is a need for control. It's for people to make sure that if they do X, Y, and Z and do all the things that you're supposed to do in your 20s, then people will think highly of them. It's also for those people to feel entitled to belittle and judge people who aren't doing the same as them. It's basically for others to feel better about what they're doing and make themselves feel superior. And to that, I say, fuck that. If you're so concerned about what others are doing, you automatically are losing. If you are minding your own business and are doing what you love at your own pace, you're automatically winning. Don't get me wrong. I don't think all timelines are bad. I think it's good to have a personal timeline. I think it's good to have goals. But the difference between a personal timeline and this generalized timeline is with it being personal, there's no competition and there's no pressure. You're doing things out of your own interest. You're doing them for you. You're not doing them because you were told you should do them there is no written rule book on when you should be doing things or what you should be doing no one is in charge of how you live your life the only people that will shame you for how you're living are people that are insecure and unhappy with their lives fuck the timeline fuck the age limits fuck the restrictions If you decided you didn't want to go to college when you graduated high school, but now you're later in life and you want to go, there's no one who says you can't. And that goes for anything. We get so discouraged about trying new things because we believe that in order to be good at things or to see things through, you need to start when you're young. But that just isn't the case. As I was planning for this episode... I Googled some celebrities that didn't become famous until after their 20s because I've seen people talk about it on TikTok and stuff like that, and it really inspired me. Um, so here's just a few Akon didn't become famous until 31. He was 35 when his song Smack That got big. Jennifer Lopez, fucking J Lo, 30. Two Chains, 34. Billy Ray Cyrus, 31. Simon Cowell from American Idol, 43. Oh my God. Colonel Sanders, the dude from KFC. His face is plastered all over. I don't know know if it's all over the world. I don't know where KFCs are, but he's the poster child, the poster man for all KFCs. And he, that didn't happen until he was 62. And those are just a few people. And I know it seems silly, but it just shows you that you're never too old to be successful. I'm not saying you need to become famous or a millionaire to be successful. I mean successful in your eyes. Whatever it is that you want to do, whether that's working your dream job, traveling the world, raising a family, creating a product, whatever it is, there's no good time for that except when it's on your time. Whenever you believe it's time to do it, you're on track. What I'll end these questions with is... The easiest way to feel off track and to feel like you're not doing enough is focusing on what others are doing and what others want. If you want to live your life to the fullest in your 20s, the easiest and best way to do it is to be so engulfed in your life that you don't have time to compare what you're doing to an imaginary timeline. Another part of being in your 20s is being on your own for the first time. Obviously, this isn't the case for everyone, especially not in this economy. It's very hard to move out and live alone and actually be able to afford it right now. But let's just say in a perfect world, we all could afford to move out and live on our own. People typically want to move out of their family's home when they get into their 20s because they want freedom. The idea of having your own space and being able to do whatever you want, decorate it however you want, have whoever you want over, and just live your life on your own and be disconnected to who you were when you were younger is super important in aging and being in your 20s. But what we don't talk about enough, I don't think, is the emotions that come with living on your own. One of you asked, I want to get an apartment. I've been looking and I know I can do it, but I'm so scared. Maybe it's just the thought of moving out. How do I get out of that mindset? there are so many emotions that come with moving out i didn't realize how hard it would be to move out once i graduated college i didn't think it would be a big deal because i had been living at college for four years i had been living away from my house and my parents and my bed and my room i thought it would be an easy transition what i didn't factor in though was when i would realize that moving out meant I was actually moving with the intention of not going back, with the intention of it being for good. I realized that all of the stuff in my bedroom at my dad's would move with me. It wouldn't just sit there as it normally did when I was at college. It hurt to realize that I wasn't just leaving for a semester and coming back, I was actually leaving. It hurt to realize that a room that I spent The majority of my life in and made so many memories in would no longer be mine it would become a guest room a playroom a storage room literally anything other than my room moving out for me also meant leaving behind my childhood i no longer had a childhood bedroom because i was no longer living in my childhood my childhood was officially over being able to make the decision to move out without my parents having any say really put that into perspective. I am a grown-up now. Obviously, I'm still so young and I have a whole life to live, but I realized I am finally letting go of that part of my life. And letting go of anything is really hard, but I think letting go of that big of a chapter is one of the hardest things that you can do. I remember being in middle school and listening to Never Grow Up by Taylor Swift and just sobbing, like bawling my eyes out because I was so afraid of growing up. I was so afraid of the idea of leaving my parents and leaving that house. But in that moment, I remembered it's okay. Like, I still have a good, I don't know, 10 years before I have to even think about moving out. Like, I'm good, I'm chill, like, I can relax. So when 2019 came around and I graduated college and my boyfriend and I were moving into our first apartment, it really hit me like, holy fucking shit, 10 years have gone by and it's time to start this chapter that I was dreading for so long. And I don't share this with you to scare you or make you feel upset. I share this to validate how you're feeling. The reason you're afraid is because there's emotions that are connected to this decision. Not only are you deciding to do something new, which is scary on its own, but you're also making a decision that contradicts your old life. You can't have the new while also having the old. In order to embrace this new life and this new chapter, you need to let go and close that other chapter. Like I was saying, and I always say, change is scary and uncomfortable. New things are scary, but that's because they're new. I think the best advice I can give to you to put your mind at ease and make this transition easier for you is remind yourself that this is something that you want. Remind yourself the reason why you were looking at apartments, why you were contemplating moving out. Act on that excitement rather than acting on the emotions you have that are attached to life before moving. If you're constantly reminding yourself how much you're going to miss living at home or living where you are, or you just keep thinking about how scared you are to move, it's going to be much harder to make that move. Whereas if you think about how excited you are to have your own place and you think of all the possibilities that can come with moving, you're going to be much more willing To follow through with it. The life that you're living right now is in your comfort zone even if it wasn't a couple months ago. It takes stepping out of your comfort zone to do new things like moving. It's never going to be easy because it means going against your typical routine. It means leaving behind the things that bring you comfort but sometimes you just gotta rip the band-aid off and just go for it. The payoff of living in that apartment that you wanted so badly is so worth the anxiety or uncomfortable emotions you may be feeling right now. Once you're past all of that and you're moved out and you're settled in your new place, you'll look back and be like, thank God. Thank God I went for it. Thank God I did what I wanted despite being afraid. This next question is a little difficult for me to answer, but I know that it will be helpful to a lot of you. So someone asked how to manage personal finances and how to save money in your 20s. The reason this is difficult for me to answer is because I never grew up with saving money. My parents never lectured me about the importance of saving or gave me a talk about money. So once I graduated high school and I was expected to make money on my own, I didn't know how to handle it. Like, I had a job in high school, but I wasn't making enough money to support myself, and I also didn't have to. I was living with my parents. I had a used car. I was on my parents' phone bill. I didn't have bills. I was very privileged in the fact that my parents took care of everything for me. Once I had to start thinking about money, once I started to have to pay my own bills and just live my life independently, I began to feel very very bad about myself and how much money I had or in this case didn't have and I just had a very bad relationship with money. I felt as if I was behind and had no money for my age. I remember being in college and my friends having so much money even without working because they saved in high school or they had a lot of money from graduation whatever the case may be. I just felt as if I was supposed to have more money than I did for someone in their early 20s. One thing I want to make very clear is most people do not save or they don't make enough money to save. I know it might feel like everyone is so much smarter with their money and so much more responsible with their money and everyone just has so much more money than you. That is not true i would straight up lie to my friends when they were talking about how much money they had in their savings they would say how much and i'd be like oh yeah like i have around the same amount i didn't even have a savings account especially with the way things are right now just like i was talking about how it's really hard to move anywhere alone right now most people cannot save money right now it's really fucking hard Because all of their money is going towards rent and bills and other responsibilities. People are making just enough money right now to survive. And that's an entire other topic I can go on and on about because it's so incredibly unsustainable and fucked up. But with that being said, don't be so hard on yourself if you're unable to save money. Don't be so hard on yourself for struggling. Don't be so hard on yourself if... You didn't grow up being taught how to save money or how to spend your money wisely. I wish I could give you a step-by-step guide on how to save money and give you the best tips regarding finances in your 20s, but I'm still learning and doing my best and that's just the truth. But one thing that I can say is this one tip. Well, first I want to say that most of my life, I spent money the second I got money especially in high school because I had no real responsibilities the second I got my paycheck I would just blow through it I would buy clothes and go out with my friends and go out to eat which I don't necessarily regret like I was a teenager I was supposed to be doing that but even at my last job I would get my paycheck and just blow through it every single week but now what I'm doing I'm required to sit down and really look at my finances and my expenses because I manually need to take money out for taxes for the next year so I'm not fucked. So I have to sit down and look at what money is going towards bills, what money is going towards rent, which money is going towards insurance. You get the point. And because I'm required to do all of that, I also like to sit down and look at how much money I can save, like put away, and then how much money I can spend. And you can even take that a step further and make an even more specific list of what activities or items you want to spend your money on rather than just having like one set amount of money to spend on leisure things. So you could break it down like how much money you want to spend going out to eat, how much money you want to spend on your hair. And what I've learned from doing this is it makes you so much less anxious. And that's because you're organized without sitting down and looking at how much money I have and where that money is going, I'm constantly anxious, asking myself, okay, did I spend too much money? Do I not have enough money? Am I going to break the bank by purchasing this item? Whereas when you sit down and organize your expenses, you know exactly how much money you have and how much money you could spend, which makes spending money so much more fun and less anxiety inducing. I want to end answering this question with reminding you to not let money define you. Don't let how much money or how little money you have determine your value. The reason saving money always felt very confusing to me is because at the end of the day, the money is not following me. If I were to die tomorrow, that money is not coming with me. Obviously, It's important to take care of your needs, your family's needs, take care of your health, make sure you have somewhere to live. But if there's something that you want, don't feel guilty or shameful for spending your money on it. You worked for it. Don't not get that coffee to save money. Like buying that coffee that's maybe $4 at most is not going to break the bank. I know that society puts a lot of value on money, but your happiness is much more valuable. I'm going to answer two more questions and then I'll wrap up this episode but the next one is how to be comfortable in your own skin when your body is changing throughout your 20s. This is another thing I have struggled so hard with my 20s and I'm still struggling with but I think if I'm struggling with this then it's only right to talk about it because some of you well obviously one of you at least one of you are struggling with this as well. I actually was going through my Snapchat memories the other night, which I don't do often. I don't even use Snapchat anymore, but I was looking for videos for a TikTok and I found myself looking at old videos of me in college when I was at the skinniest I've ever been. And naturally, looking at those videos made me feel really bad about myself because my body does not look like that anymore. I Recently have been really insecure about the cellulite on my legs because cellulite is not something that I've really ever had. I have also been insecure about my chin or like underneath my chin because I've noticed over the past like two years I have more skin, fat, I don't know, under my chin. I have a double chin, okay? Sometimes. So when I looked at those videos of myself in college, I noticed that I didn't have cellulite and I didn't have a double chin and I started to really beat myself up over it I honestly I even went on google and started googling like how to get rid of cellulite like workouts to do to get rid of cellulite I went and looked in the mirror and I started doing like facial exercises like I know that sounds insane but that's what your mind does to you I am very vocal about loving your body at every stage of life I'm very vocal about body positivity and just embracing who you are but There are times where I still struggle, especially as someone who has had an eating disorder. I'm not proud to say that I still judge myself, but that's part of the process. Sometimes I'm going to feel really good about how I look, and there's other times where I have a full blown mental breakdown and spiral about how I look. I think what's important though is being able to talk yourself through that process and remind yourself that it's okay that these changes are happening or have happened. I don't think there's harm in noticing that your body has changed. I think you should notice those changes, but instead of trying to fix them or reverse them, learn to embrace them and accept them and love them. Something that I have had to come to terms with is I can't do the things that I once did to make my body look the way it did at one point. I can do the same exact exercises I did at 21, I can follow the same diet I had when I was 22, but my body is not going to respond the same way as it did when I was that age. I think a lot of us become alarmed the second that we notice we're gaining weight, we think of it as a bad thing because that's what society has told us, but gaining weight and your body changing in your 20s is so incredibly normal and it's going to happen to everyone. It's just going to look different on different people because we all have different bodies. As women, our bone and muscle development peak while we're in our 20s, which that alone is going to change the shape of your body, but then also add in our hormonal levels changing and shifting. Naturally, you're going to carry weight differently. For the past year, I've been really dedicated to the gym and I've been doing all of the same leg exercises that I did when I was younger, if not more. And when I used to do them, my legs slimmed immediately. And now I'm 26 and I'm like, why are my thighs so thick? Why can't I slim my thighs like I used to do? Like I'm doing all the things that I used to do. And it's because the anatomy of my body has changed, which has led me to carrying my weight differently. And that weight is carried in my thighs and my hips and my ass. And that's okay. I wanted a fat ass and now I have one. Why am I going to complain? Something else I've noticed as I've gotten older is my face has changed. I look back at my old YouTube videos from when I was 20, 21, 22, and I feel like I'm looking at an entirely different person. And I didn't know what changed, like I just can tell that my face looks a lot different. But as I did some research, I found out that there's different stages to your skin as you move through your 20s. So like in your early 20s, you have a high collagen production which makes your skin more plump and bright and you, you kind of still have that baby face. And as you move into your mid-20s, you lose that baby face as your skin kind of slows down and you might see like discoloration and things like that. And then as you move into your late 20s, you might see you have fine lines and wrinkles and skin damage. But the thing that's important to remember is the reason you have all of these things is because you're evolving over time. You have skin damage from the sun because you were at the beach with all of your friends having a great time. You have wrinkles around your eyes and smile lines because you were smiling and laughing all the time. You lost your baby face because you aged, but as you aged, you've made so many new memories and you've learned so much. What I'm trying to say is, instead of looking at age as a terrible thing because you see that your body's changing look at aging as a time capsule, as something you've accomplished. There is very little that you could do about changing your body as you age. There's not many ways that you can reverse the effects. Like obviously you can get surgeries and whatever, but as we've seen in so many older celebrities, surgery isn't always the best option. We see these celebrities Who are absolutely gorgeous that make aging look like a dream because at 50, 60 years old, they're drop dead gorgeous. But then they get all this filler and surgeries and they look unrecognizable in the worst way possible. And I'm all for filler and surgeries. Like you do you, I'm sure I'll get filler at some point in my life. But I think it's a beautiful thing to accept your body as is, knowing that what's happening is happening naturally that whatever happens is happening to your body because it's meant to happen becoming comfortable and accepting the fact that if i eat this and i work out and i do this and this is how my body looks then this is what my body's meant to look like learning to love my body at every stage rather than comparing it to what it used to look like or comparing it to other people's bodies like your body will never be what it was when you were 17, and your body will never be someone else's body. So it's not fair to judge yourself and restrict yourself and be mean to yourself over something that you and your body cannot control. You don't look at yourself every day in the mirror and say, why can't I have blue eyes? I hate my brown eyes. Why can't you change color? You've accepted the fact that you have brown eyes and you don't expect your body to change your eye color overnight because you know that's not what your body is meant to do. You've come to terms with how tall or how short you are. Of course, there's ways to alter it with shoes or with slouching, but you don't expect yourself to grow or shrink overnight. Have the same expectations for yourself as you age. Learn to accept the fact that you are not who you were five to ten years ago and you will not be who you are in five to ten years from now. Learn to accept who you are at every single stage before that stage is gone all right so that was kind of heavy um but we've arrived at our last question and that is i'm 20 i'm nervous that i'm starting to enjoy being alone too much and i'm literally preferring it over being with my friends even though they're amazing i just feel like nobody can give me the same peace i feel when i'm alone with my thoughts i wonder if it's making me isolate myself and prioritize myself too often and making me forget to nourish my friendships as well How do I get that sweet balance? I really do believe that having alone time is so sacred. I cannot emphasize enough how important it is to learn to be alone and be comfortable in being alone. I think a lot of us are very focused on staying busy and having plans and going out and pleasing other people that we forget to slow down and take time for ourselves and just be with us. But I do see what you're saying And I've definitely been in your shoes. I think you should ask yourself though, do the friendships I have hold value? And when I say value, I mean, are they valuable to you? Do you have friendships just to say you have friendships? Or are these people actually adding something to your life? I've definitely been in the position where I have wanted to stay in and isolate myself more than go out and socialize. And I've done it because I wasn't surrounded by good people. The idea of staying in and keeping myself preoccupied sounded more appealing to me than going out because when I was out, I didn't feel good about myself. I found myself wishing I was back home once I was out. I found myself putting on a brave face and putting on this act as if I was having a good time when I wasn't. And I know in this question in particular, it says that their friends are amazing, but People can be amazing, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're amazing for you. Sometimes you outgrow people. Sometimes you clash with people. Sometimes you just don't vibe with people and that's okay. I know from my experience that when I really enjoy people's company and I really love that person and I want the friendship to continue, I'm excited to spend time with them. When the person and the relationship or friendship is right, you don't have to force it. And maybe it isn't even the person themselves. Maybe it's just what you're doing. Sometimes my friends want to go out and I'm like, I just wish we could stay in and watch a movie. Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes your interests don't align. Sometimes you guys are just on a different path and it has nothing to do with the person themselves. You both can be amazing people, but something within the friendship is just off. In general though, I think that balancing time alone and friendships is key. Something that has helped me is really prioritizing myself throughout the week, really making sure I'm doing my morning routine and night routine and setting myself up for success. I, I like to treat my week as if I have school nights, even though I'm not in school anymore. So if someone asks me on a Tuesday if I want to go out to the bar, more times than not, unless it's like a super special occasion, I'm not going to the bar. Because I know I have to do my skincare and I have to be in bed at a reasonable time. I have to take care of myself. I have to watch my favorite show because that's what's important to me. But my friendships are still very important to me too. So I make that time for them on the weekend. I think planning is really, really important. I know that our generation doesn't necessarily love planning people love to be spontaneous which I do too sometimes but when you're trying to balance yourself and your relationships and take care of your needs while also being a good friend to other people planning is a really good way to help you I would say no to plans a lot because my friends would just spring it on me last minute while I'm already in bed watching YouTube with a face mask on like of course laying in bed and just chilling Sounds a million times better than going out with you and getting blackout drunk. Whereas if they asked me a couple days ago if I wanted to go out this weekend, I would have planned ahead and got myself excited to go out and I would have made that time for them. So if prioritizing yourself and also prioritizing your friendships is something that you want to get better at, maybe make a schedule. Say to your friends, Hey, I really want to see you. I'm busy these days. When are you free? And see how that works out. The key to loving yourself is not isolating yourself. I talk a lot about self-love and self-care and being alone, but just because you learn to love your company doesn't mean that you should be your only company. Of course, get rid of anything or anyone that doesn't feel good or that's toxic, but you should still be prioritizing having genuine connections and a good support system yeah you should be your own best friend but you should also have friends friends are good i i just don't want you guys to ever get that twisted when i'm saying like spend time alone like love yourself like also love people like people are good friends are good just be cautious of what friends you have and what people you have in your circle That is everything for today. If you want to be featured in an upcoming advice session or you have questions for me, make sure to fill out the Google form that's linked in the description. You could also ask me in the Try Not To Care group chat. That's also linked as well as my socials. And also make sure to grab a hoodie on June 1st when my hoodies launch again they're super exclusive limited edition and i want to make sure all my besties get them i hope you enjoyed today's advice session let me know if you want me to continue doing these if you like these as always thank you so much for listening besties i love you so much and i will talk to you next time bye besties